Ushmi Hashem lo nadati lehem. The name of Yud Kevavke I have not yet made known. So in the right at the beginning of this week's parsha, Hashem tells Moshe, "By Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, I revealed my na- myself as a different name of God, Kel Shakai, but I never revealed the name of Hashem." To, uh, to to the Avos. Only now, by the Jewish people, am I re- revealing Yud Kevavke. So everyone's trying to figure out what changed and why specifically now uh, are they re- is the name of Hashem being revealed and what does that mean that the name of Hashem is being revealed? There's a there's a Rashi which talks about this question. Rashi says, "Well, it, they knew about the prob- the promises in theory, the Avos." But they didn't actually see the fruition of the Jewish people, you know, becoming a great nation, going to Eretz Israel. So that's the meaning of the name of Hashem being revealed. They're seeing the promise of God actually being fulfilled. But the Nativa Shalom is going to give a little bit of a different uh, answer as to what's, what's, what's the Chiddush of this week's Parsha of today. Sounds good? So we're trying to explain what changed when uh, God took the Jewish people out of Egypt. Yesh Lomar, Al Derech Mashakatev Arav Akadesh Magid Mikoznitz. Beautiful. The Magid Mikoznitz. Um, has an amazing explanation. I have an amazing story about one of the students of the Magid Mikoshnitz, but we'll save it for, for when we have time. So the Magid says like this. When God created the world, before anything was created, God already established the entire way that the world is going to work. God already prepared everything that's going to happen from now until the end of the world. He already had it planned in his videotape, so to speak, every single time that you eat a cookie. Every single time, every night when you go to bed. It's all on the video camera. Before the world was created, according to the Magi Mikoshnitz. Pretty amazing. Achen. Bintoch anaga tivit yesh anaga pnimit. Aderach ofen betoch ofen. Shehi anaga yana lamala mikol seder veluach lmanim. Behi api avadatam shalisel. But at the same time, there's an alternative video camera. And that's based on Am Yisrael's actions. And our actions can change the realities of the universe. And through our, our uh, rutsam, so to speak, we can change things from how they're destined to be. It's a crazy idea. It's kind of mind-blowing if you try to figure it out philosophically, so I'm not even going to think about it. It's too crazy. But if Adam Arishon would have overcame the test and challenged the challenge, and he would not have tasted from the tree of knowledge. Apparently, the video would have ended there. 
God would just turn off that video and put it in the like, you know, things that no one ever seen of what was going to be with this little galaxy here and this little universe. And uh, that would have been it. He passed the test. But since Adam Rishon overcame the test, uh, didn't overcome the test, so then we have to still go through this whole thing. So there would have been the reality if we would have passed the test, and then there's reality if we don't pass the test. You guys got that? It, uh, it actually a little bit like, it's like the whole concept we were talking about the other day about the Mashiach being able to come bi'ita at its proper slow time, or acheshena, or in a faster route based on our, you know, actions moving it forward. Or, for example, if the Jewish people would not have sinned, so the base of Migdash would not have been destroyed. So one of his grandfathers, the Tzlon Marebbe, teaches us, There's a famous steer, a contradiction. On the one hand, Chazal teach us that we are all judged every Rosh Hashanah about everything that's going to happen to us every year, every throughout our year. And on the other hand, the Gemara teaches us that every single day there's a court case and says, what shall happen to Yitzchak tomorrow? How will his day turn out? So what is it? If it was already determined that Yitzchak is going to, I don't know, get a new job, you know, on Tuesday, the 19th of January. So how could it be? What are we being judged around on January 18th on when, on Monday if it was already determined? Like, wh- what is it? How do we how do we determine that? So Yitzchak, do you have any ideas? How do we explain the determination of Rosh Hashanah versus the everyday determination? How do we make sense out of all this craziness? Based on our learning, perhaps we have an idea. Yitzchak, any ideas? It's meant for us, but maybe not. Say good. You're saying good. Yeah. What's meant for us is on. I know. Maybe we we earn something else. Maybe we earn something else. Let's go. Let's use our Talmudic logic. Go back to yeshiva mode. Talmudic. Dina, any ideas? When was it determined what we're supposed to get al pidin? According to judgment, according to what we deserve. Rosh Hashanah, correct. But when perhaps do we get a different judgment? Every day, every day we get rejudged again. I don't know what you're kidding. Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is the same. Rosh Hashanah and Hanukkah, they're all like different. Madrigas. Hanukkah is a Ruchnias, Shoshana Yom Kippur or Gashmias. I don't know. We'll figure that out. That's a different thing. Shoshana it's signed and on Yom Kippur it's sealed. Something like that. And then the letters come out on, on uh, they're sent out on Hoshana Rabbah. And then they're like, I don't know. They went, came back. The mail had a, had a hang up. So they had to go back for Hanukkah. And then two Bishvat. Why not throw it in there? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that is that every single day we're being re- rejudged. We're, uh, tonight, Hashem's going to say, Ah, did Dina say a good bracha today? Good Ah, she's a good woman. 
I don't know, something like that. So every day. So, I mean, midnight. I guess so. For the whole day. I guess the court is good. So that's just my guess. We haven't actually seen what the Rebbe is going to say. But let's see if I've been uh, learning Hasidically enough to be mischadden to what the Rebbe is saying. So. I'm sorry. So the answer is. There's the judgment which goes out in Rosh Hashanah slash Yom Kippur. There's a higher judgment which is based on our inner avoda of Hashem, which can change the the din. And that Hashem himself gets involved. It's like he sets up the court system to kind of, okay, you know, you did this, 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 a mitzvah, so you get this and this amount of uh, money and shiduchim or whatever. But then sometimes Hashem will go and get involved and say, yeah, I know he might only deserve uh, this and that, but you know, I'm going to have a little mercy on him. That's Hashem's judgment. And no angel gets involved and none of the other, you know, systems which the, the Ramchal talks about are in place. It could change even if God established at the beginning of the year that to be such and such. Maybe that's all the idea of davening. Davening can change the din. Right? Um... There's another way that maybe you could spin it. You could say, you know, it's all given what's going to happen perhaps is established on Rosh Hashanah. But how we react to what happens, our connection to what happens, that's based on us, right? If we have a positive attitude and we say, thank you, Kodesh Baruch Hu, that can totally change the way that we receive whatever happens to us. And maybe that's an everyday type of thing. It's another answer. In any case, so this is based on, the Pasuk says, and this, there's a, a sulam mutzav arza, the sulam, the 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 the, the, the sulam, the ladder. the ladder, is based on the ground. Rosho magia shamaima, and its head reaches the heavens. Chulivina Hashem mitzavar, then God is standing upon it. There is a the, the level of judgment like the ladder that's in the ground. That's what you deserve. But then there's a level of Hashem and how, how He judges us beyond the, the natural system. And God is standing over it. And Hashem Himself watches over every single thing that happens to us. And when you're living aligned with the Kaddish Baruch Hu in a state of Dvekas, in a state of Messiris Nefesh, for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so then Hashem, you know, makes things more aligned with you. Yeah? Like, I'll tell you a Misa. I don't, I don't like bragging, but I'm, I'm telling you this, hopefully, to inspire us to, to become aligned with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So, um, I... Uh, I was coming back from the engagement party and uh, we had to get into the Rova. Now, normally in order to get into the Rova, you need a card, a pass. You need to call the Chanaya and say, listen, I'm coming in. But I screamed to Hashem and I said, Hashem, I'm a chassan. I need to get to Nate's tomorrow. I need to get to wake up for davening early. Please, Hashem, help me out. And I really believe it was all up to HaKadosh Baruch And so as we're driving through with all the chairs and the table that we didn't want to have to schlep, from Yaffa Gate, the, uh, there was a cab that came right, was right in front of us. So the gate, it, the, the, it's closing. We went, we, tra- we trailed the, the cab and the thing just popped back up. And we were able to go straight through 
to the old city. They didn't even check our cards, and we were just moms to go straight through to, 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 to save us uh, an hour of schlepping so that I can dive in eights. And then watch this. So I went to bed, but I was zonked from a lot of dancing and singing and amazing times. And uh, I was going to oversleep. I didn't set my alarm clock because, you know, I, I was so tired. And who wakes me up? The kitty cat. The kitty cat sneaks into the room. And I was tired, so I left the door open. And don't worry, won't do that in marriage, but, you know. And, um, and Mamish, it wakes me up at exactly the time that I wake up, 530. Mamish, and I was like, thanks, Sam, be the alarm clock. I'm up, Nate. He's touched you with his tail? He just snuggled me a little bit. (laughs) I'm like, personal alarm clock from a Kaddish Baruch But why did that happen? Because I wanted to do a mitzvah, because I was aligning myself with the Rotten of Hashem, which is the daven like a yid, and go to the mikvah before davening. If I would have just said Hashem, you know, I would have just been a a bum like today and slept in, not, you know, for for regular shachers, so then I don't know if Hashem would have done a miracle for me. You get what I'm saying, guys? So there's a din, but then when you align yourself with the Ratzon of Akash Baruch so then miracles happen, right? For example, let's say I ha- I, my class suddenly gets canceled, and I say, woohoo, I have an extra 45 minutes, and I'll, I don't know, go, I don't know, watch a, a movie. So I don't know if I'm going to see miracles, but I say, oh, I have an extra hour that I didn't plan on having, let's do a random half hour extra shear. So then miracles will happen and five random holy yidin are going to be learning Torah with me out of nowhere because I'm trying to do the Ratzon Hashem. So then Hashem like, you know, aligns back with my Ratzon. Yechap? Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Eh? Okay, let's go Weiser a little. And that's the Shem Shakai. God said, die enough for my life, for my world. The world, die, sufficient. He had to create borders and rules and din, right? The world was spreading out endlessly. Big bang, right? Until Baruch said, no, enough. And the world stopped spreading out. And he had to give rules, din, right? Thermodynamics in order so that the world can create, can exist. That's what we mean. Then God, by the avos, called it shakai shem at symptom, the name of constriction. It was only according to order. Which means Avaya Lunadatilem and by Avaya I didn't I didn't show them. Which is interesting a little bit because I mean we do see miracles by the times of the Avos. Uh, however, the truth is most of the time we don't see open miracles too often by Avram Yatzchak and Yaakov. Every once in a while, but mostly it's like hidden miracles. We don't the main thing of the Avos is is, is a relationship with Hashem. We don't actually see too many like blow away uh, things. You know, they have to work with it. So she bimeim lo nimsa b'torah naga nisita rumuzah b'shem havaya. Verak b'itziat mitzrayim nitgalta b'chinas hanhaga b'shem havaya hanagas hanisita aliyana shakadish baruch ba'atmo manigiga meino mosra laachad. So only in the time of b'itziat mitzrayim did Hashem kind of open up the 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 veil and reveal Himself completely in a miraculous way. Shehi l'malim kol starim etzimtum. 
It's uh, it's almost like a little bit of a marriage if you think about it. At first, he was like a little shy. He, he didn't want to completely reveal himself. He's still getting to know us. But by the time of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, he's like, okay, there's a marriage. And he marries the Jewish people and it reveals himself uh, more and more. So, until we get to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which is like a full wedding. Mamash is like a, an Yichud room thrown in there with a the chuppah on top, right? When was the Yichud room? I don't know. Maybe it was like uh, when Hashem was with Moshe Rabbeinu. Perhaps. And it's interesting. It's a yichud before the Harsina is the chup. I feel like so. What's the yichud room? Harsina is the. I thought Pesach's the engagement. Harsina is the wedding. Harsina is the wedding. So when's the yichud room? <laughs> Maybe when Moshe went up to be alone with Hashem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the yichud room. Wow, just came down now. Gavalt. <laughs> <laughs> I had to write that down somewhere. Gavalt. The vegeulas. Mitzrayim, and then like he goes out and it's very noisy. And he thinks he's, everyone's dancing and singing for the Chas and Kala, but it was, they were, he went to the wrong wedding. Uh-oh. Wow. It's crazy. Dibagula, Mitzrayim. And that's why every Shabbos we do the Tikkun by dancing and singing. And we're dancing like crazy people doing the Tikkun by dancing and singing like it's for Shabbos. It's a Tikkun. Mm. Chab? Yes. All right. Vice. And then by Gula's time, everything was mamash beyond, beyond, beyond. For today's halacha, we're going to discuss a very common situation. Again, the laws of blessings. And that is, let's say I say a bracha, I don't know, and uh, a piece of chocolate. Does that cover another shackle that's on the table or that's coming soon? Or do I have to make a new bracha? So let's read it inside in the Panini Halacha. So, let's say I eat an apple and I'm thinking in my head I'm going to have an orange afterwards. So, one Bari Priyat covers both of them. And even if it's not in front of you on the table, and even if I don't know exactly what food I'm going to have, still it's covered. Similarly, I'm having a fish, and then I'm going to have some other chocolate, but I'm not sure what. All the other chocolates, chocolate, are covered, even if they're not the same type of shackle. Again, you don't have to specifically think of it. If you normally snack, it's covered. But if you specifically had in mind, I'm only going to have this orange, I'm on an orange diet, then you change your mind, then you make need to make a new bracha. Similarly, the Shulchan Archites and Kufayin Zayin, if you had no idea that a new fruit would be brought to you, and a new food was brought to you from a different house, for example, you didn't, were not expecting it, then you need to make a new bracha. Let's say 
מנגד, גם לא שהתכוון לאכול רק את מחש עליו ברך. So what about a situation which is common? You didn't really have any intention. You didn't think you were going to have more. You didn't think you were going to have less. You just were eating your food. And then you realize, oh, I want to eat more food on my table. Since they were in front of you on the table, you don't make a new bracha. Even if it's different types of foods, Mr. Brewer writes in Reish above that it is covered, it's good. If it's in front of you on the table, even if no intention, no bracha. But now it's a little bit complicated. If it's not in front of you on the table, it's somewhere in the house and you didn't have any intention. Some say it's only on the food in front of you on the table, and some say it's on any food in the house. So it's a compromise. If it's another fruit, it is covered, even if it wasn't in front of me on the table, even if I didn't have any specific intention. But if it's, let's say, a shakal and one type of food on a chocolate and you wanted to cover the fish, no, no, that's too dissimilar. You, your mind did not uh, cover that. So ideally, you would have in mind, and I'm saying this bracha, that it should cover everyone, anything in the house that has a similar bracha. And if you normally have that intention, even at this specific time you didn't have that intention, you're covered because that's usually your intention. Now, I'll tell you one situation we had in Yeshiva, I remember. We were learning these halachas about 10 years ago in Yeshiva Takotel at a Chabura teaching Gemara. And um, a lot of times in afternoon Seder, people would snack and they'd give each other cakes, cookies, rugaloch, you know, not in these corona times. But in the olden days, you used to be a lot of snacking, you know. People were having their tired time. So it would happen often. So someone brought us cookies. Rugaloch, I believe. And the question was, on the one hand, it wasn't in front of us on the table, and the base midrash is a very big place. Why would I expect there to be ragulach? On the other hand, I argued that it's so often that people come and bring extra food that it was covered with our original mazonos that we had said earlier. And, uh, you know, because again, we had, we had had mazonos before the ragulach came. I don't remember how we paskin, but it was a good, it was a good sheer, it was a good uh, debate. Just to summarize, if you have food in front of you, it's covered, unless you specifically intend that it's not going to be covered with that bracha. If you specifically intend to cover any other food, it's covered. If you specifically don't intend it, then it's not covered. And if it's not in front of you on the table, but it's somewhere in the house, it depends what. If it's exact, it's the same type of food, like fruit and fruit, it's covered. If it's a different type of food, like chocolate and fish, it's not covered according to the Pini Halacha. Hope this was enlightening and interesting, and uh, I bless you with a blessingful day.